And the thing about Garth is that he is very humble. He doesn't want any of this. We had to convince him to do this film. We had to convince him to put his name on a building. Um, and so this isn't really, he doesn't want this to be about him. It's about Rochester University and the work that he's done there and the work that we do as an institution, so. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. And my name is John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams on automating their student and alumni success stories through a subscription approach. And you can learn more at unveiled.tv. Uh, that's spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Or if you want to chat directly with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, last name spelled A-Z-O-N-I. Or find my contact info on the contact page of our website. Also, if you want to create deeper emotional impact with your institution's storytelling and content creation efforts, consider joining my newsletter. Every week I send out a dose of insights and inspiration, including case studies and best practices from other institutions, tips for creating content that resonates and inspires action, and that week's podcast episode, and more. So the link to sign up is in the show notes of this episode, or if you catch any of the excerpts that I post on LinkedIn uh, from this podcast, there will be a link in, in any of those posts. My guest today is Jen Porter. Jen and I have been friends for a few years now, so it was a joy to have her on the show, as uh, I knew it would be. She's the Director of Alumni Relations at Rochester University. RU is a small liberal arts college here in Southeast Michigan, where I'm recording this episode from. They're a faith-based school, uh, and over half the student population is in athletics, uh, so big sports influence over there. And RU did something really cool that I personally haven't seen before in the higher ed space. They produced a full-on documentary. Their former basketball coach, Garth Pleasant, just embodies the spirit of RU, and his story is really, really cool. Um, not only is he the winningest college basketball coach in Michigan, but he did all that with, like, no budget. Like, rags to riches, playing basketball in a rundown court that's not even regulation size. There's water leaking in when it rains floorboards are warping. Uh, but then to not only take this RU basketball team to the top of the charts, whatever you call it, but what's more than, than that is to have made uh, such an incredible and far-reaching impact on so many lives that Garth did. Uh, and that's what this documentary is about. So we're going to talk about Garth's story. We're going to take you behind the scenes of the production of this documentary. And if you're the person on your team that hires the video vendor and babysits the project and coordinates everything, that is Jen. Uh, so she'll share some of the parts that overwhelmed her uh, a bit in the process. Maybe you can relate, uh, but it was all worth it. And I kid you not, we had another tornado warning, uh, heavy rain and wind blowing through our area and yet another power outage in the middle of the episode. This time it was Jen's power. So that's between her and God. Don't drag me into this. All right. So here's my conversation with Jen Porter. All right, Jen Porter. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, John. We, we made it. We made we it here to the podcast. Yes. It's been a it's been a, a roller coaster trying sure to get has. you on this podcast. It sure <laughs> has. It's been a lot of rescheduling. <laughs> yeah, a lot of rescheduling. Uh, but we're here. We did it. I know you. We're you and I are friends because we have worked together for uh, you know the last several years on video projects through a previous production company that was that I used to work for. Um, and so I know you've done a lot of student success stories, alumni stories, uh, you know, for, for capital campaign events, um, and things like that. But we're here today to talk about coach. This is a long form. Well, in the, in the grand scheme of like short marketing videos, it's long, <laughs> it's a long form, uh, documentary. I think it's like 20 minutes. It's 40 minutes. Is it 40 um, minutes? It's yeah, so it is actually 36.48 seconds without the additional ask that we added at the end. Um, but yeah, it was originally scheduled to be a 20-minute documentary, um, but it has ended up to be this 40-minute film. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> and I, I watched it. Uh, on the train to Chicago, and I will say Amtrak, if you can like work on your Wi-Fi 
That would be better. I watched it very stutter, stutterily. <laughs> I had to like kind of rewatch parts when I got back to the actual hotel room, which then they charged me at the hotel room for Wi-Fi. I'm like, come on. Who, oh, come on. This is 2023. Wi-Fi should just be like water. Yes. You, know? <laughs> you get that for free. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Uh, it's a great, it's a great, uh, movie and you guys have been, uh, doing some, some cool stuff with it, but tell us about what the premise is, who, um, who the coach is. Yes. What's this bit? What's this movie about? So Garth Pleasant and the Pleasant family have influenced Rochester university really since the beginning. Um, Garth's wife, Pat, her father was one of our first presidents of our university. Um, Garth and Pat met at Rochester University. His kids attended. His son now, um, Clint, is now our head men's basketball coach. And so they have a long history with Rochester University. Um, and so Garth really... He coached for more than 40 years at RU. He's preached, he's taught, he's, um, you know, been around for a long time. And so coach, make the big time where you're at, really explores his story. Um, and we include some really cool interviews with Oakland University head men's basketball coach, um, Coach Campy. We also um, have interviews from our alumnus and former basketball player, John Horst, who's now the Milwaukee Bucks general manager. Um, and then we also have a lot of alums and community members that make an appearance in this film. Uh, really, this film was, it's Garth's story, but it's about the story of Rochester University and how everyone has a story. Everyone can make a positive impact on their work, on their community, and um, this is just one of our stories that we are sharing um, really through a donor that came to us and said, we want to we fund this project. Um, and so that's coach kind of boiled down into what it is. Um, it's one story. And Garth is like the, he's like the winningest coach in... Yes. Planet Earth. Yeah. So he has set over 720 wins. Um, he has, he holds multiple national championships. He's one of the winningest coaches in Michigan. Uh, he has a long career, you know, 40 plus years. Uh, he started his own basketball camp on the campus of Rochester University um, that has now over, started with 18 kids. And now we're over 2,500 kids every summer that come to campus and a lot of people know Garth and Rochester University and the Pleasant family because of that camp um, and really it's been an outreach to our community um, and he did all of this without a facility we didn't have an arena on our campus until 2016 um, and that arena now is named after him because of generous donor support that said no we want Garth's name on that. Um, and the thing about Garth is that he is very humble. He doesn't want any of this. We had to convince him to do this film. We had to convince him to put his name on a building. Um, and so this isn't really, he doesn't want this to be about him. It's about Rochester University and the work that he's done there and the work that we do as an institution. So, yeah. I, I remember when we were in talks, cause I, cause I worked a little bit uh, on the creative for this in the very beginning stages, but it was something like the funder for the Garth Pleasant Arena like was going to pull the funding if they didn't yes. name it Garth Pleasant Arena. Yes. <laughs> so Bill Fox um, from Fox Automotive, he Garth impacted his life personally. Um, he married him and his wife. Bill has now passed on, but um, you know his family is still involved but he said garth unless you let me put that your name on the building and you office there i'm not providing this million dollar gift um and so garth said yes okay i guess like if that's what it's gonna take <laughs> um sure we'll do that that's cool um and so this is what i like about it yeah like you mentioned it's kind of like that really like I was kind of like, kind of like rags to riches sort of thing, like created something incredible out of absolutely, almost like absolutely nothing. Like you see in the, in the film, um, like the old gym that they were in and like, 
I can't remember if it's like water yeah. leaking or like floorboards were warped or something like oh, that. Yeah. The, I mean, the old gym wasn't regulation size. The hoops, you know, they're, the rims are soft. It's, there's no room for like, if you run hard, you're going to run into a concrete wall. Um, there's, you know, water leaking in the winter. It's hot or it's super hot in the summer. It's super cold in the winter. Um, it is, you know, this like beloved treasure to those who played in it. But anyone else would be like, no, that is not <laughs> that is not a place for collegiate athletics. Um, and how do you do what you do there? And but for him, it's not about that. It's about the guys and the students that he impacted you know he's done more weddings than anybody I know he's uh you know facilitated funerals for people who don't he never knew but they know him and it's just this lasting legacy of someone who we get to still learn from today yeah that's awesome and and the way that it kind of helps are you is I mean, as a faith-based school, when you watch this film, you really get a sense for Garth's faith and yes. the, and the faith that he wanted to see in the men that were, um, you know, becoming on the team. Uh, yeah. And really, that was his focus. Like he's like, what was it? It was a great quote. Like I don't I don't care. Like I won't know I'm successful, you know, by how many wins, but but what what you boys to become or something like yes. that. Like the husbands and fathers that you become will be, you know, what is the lasting legacy? You know, we don't care about championships. We don't care about wins. We care about who you are as a person and that you're living for God, that you're, um, that your story is one that is impactful for your future and for your family and for the community around you, wherever you may go in life. Um, you know, I think, Garth does tell that story of right after after a championship game, you know, one of his one of the players came and said, "Coach, are you happy?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm happy, but this is what's going to really make me feel like we've accomplished something is when you are leave here, when you leave Rochester University, what kind of husband and father are you? Um, or a person of society, you know, cuz not everybody gets married and have kids, but <laughs> Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I love that. And so let's talk about how you um, how you rolled this out. So and then yeah. I want to and then I want to backtrack to talk about like behind the scenes, how production, you know, happens, uh, how your your team kind of like managed the production, at, you know, yeah. with a video vendor and, and that kind of thing. So but like talk about because you guys have rolled this out in like theaters. Yes. Yeah. So this project has been a lot of work. <laughs> um, I think when we first all kind of sat down. We were so excited um, to do this video, but no one other than the video team that we were working with, you know, you were there, um, really knew kind of what it would take to pull this off. Uh, my job is a fundraiser. I'm, I'm not a marketing person by trade. Um, everything I've always, I've learned has been, I've learned on the job and I've done it, but so, Initial showing, we uh, hosted a red carpet event at a local upscale movie theater. Um, and I think that would have been successful if we did that alone as a standalone event. But we ended up partnering that with a quarterly board meeting, our annual fundraising dinner during that weekend. And so we really made like this weekend out of it um, that celebrated Rochester University and who we are. We had a red carpet premiere, basically, like I like to call it our world premiere. <laughs> Um, uh, that we did that night and it really felt fun. And we, you know, we're in the big Emacs screen and we had 300 people that filled this theater. Um, and then after that, we, you know, we were at capacity. So, um, from there we scheduled a couple showings in major cities where we had high alumni concentration. Um, and so we were able to take it, take it on the road and, um, each one of these showings have also partnered with a Q&A panel. So to talk about the behind the scenes or to ask Garth the questions that maybe people have wanted to ask him for years or other people, you know, we've featured Coach Campy on that panel. We've featured Clint, his son, um, now part of our team at Rochester University. We featured other alums on those panels. So not only do people get to see the film, but they get to hear more about 
the story. Um, so from those, this summer, early fall, we're doing some local events. We've coupled a few of them on campus um, with Garth's basketball camp, Langmore Center of Basketball Camp. We've also done stuff, at, or we also have scheduled showings at local venues like our public library, our Older Persons Commission. Um, we're having another showing uh, next week actually at the theater again to kind of do that for those that weren't able to attend. And so roughly like, you know, that'll get us through summer slash fall. The first six months we're doing strategic live showings. Then we're gonna host the video um, on our newly redesigned school website. And we're gonna use that as an opportunity to capture information um, from people who are interested in viewing the film. Um, we hope to utilize that as lead generation purposes mm. for us, um, more donor engagement, more alumni engagement. And then lastly, <laughs> um, this plan is ever changing for us. Like as we kind of think through, okay, what do we want out of this film and out of this yeah. documentary, but it should we, be evolving. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a, it's a very new thing. And I, I feel like that's just something you, you kind of, you put out there with, with, uh, some semblance of a plan, but then yes. it just evolves. And then you're like, this would be a great idea too. And that's all awesome. Yes. A hundred percent. And so right now, kind of our last plan is to stream that on local public television. Um, and then hopefully one day, you know, we'll stream that on national streaming sites and apply for some documentary awards. And, um, you know, my goal is to go real, you know, worldwide. We want to use this as a promotional strategy um, to tell the story of Rochester University, the type of people who lead our community, the impact we have on our surrounding community, our region, but also the impact of our students um, and what Rochester University has played a role in in our student lives, in our alumni lives. And we really hope to use this to get people's attention um, and interest. We are, we've launched a new campaign for a new athletic fields to finish out that athletic complex. Over half of our student population are student athletes. And so we want to not just be able to play in our arena, in the Garth Pleasant arena, we want to bring our other athletes home. And so this for us is brand awareness. It's helping us with a capital campaign. It's helping us tell the story of Rochester University to people who might not know that story. Um, so it's ever evolving really on what we're going to do next. Kind of like what crazy idea do we think up? That's great. So just so people have a sense in their head, can can listeners of this podcast watch the film right now? Or do they have to like... Yeah, so listeners can watch the film at one of our live showings. Um, so those are all online. People can register to come and sit down and watch the film with us. Eventually, probably towards the winter months, we're going to put that on our website. Um, and we're going to put that behind a little leader lead generation form where we're gathering people's information um, and we'll do that for a while and then they'll be able to stream it on public television at least locally here in the Rochester area uh, we you know we have some talks for a little bit more regional public television as well but those aren't solidified at this time so eventually you'll be able to stream it in your own home right now you got to come watch it with us all right come to Michigan it's worth yes. it it's coming to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So just to put a pin in that, it is a very good film. It is very like put put a note on your calendar for winter to go to rochesteru.edu slash coach. It's very much worth the watch. I have a, an emotional connection to it because, um, I mean, my good friends created it. And we had, I remember when we were, so the production company is Tell Studios. I was a creative director there for, um, I worked there for over 10 years, was creative director for maybe eight of those years. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, Ryan, the owner, founder of the company, and always wanting to do this. Um, and we had little spurts of like, maybe we'll just create a trailer or something and then do like a Kickstarter and see if we can raise funding or something like that. So it's just, I've heard about Garth for years. Yes. Um, and it's funny when I decided to, to leave and start Unveiled, 
um, it was like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, so I used to lead the storytelling workshops at, at tell. Um, and so I, my small part in coach was, um, leading us through a workshop, which I have a funny story to tell our listeners, yes. <laughs> which, um, so it was transitioning from summer to, you know, summer to fall to winters getting colder out. Um, and once in a while I get bloody noses, <laughs> and especially when it get, goes from warm to cold. Um, I just have my whole life. And so I'm, you, I've got your whole team, uh, at, at the studio and we all eat lunch and we're all chumming it up and we're like, all right, we got to get, we got to get going here. Um, so we all go into the conference room and my nose starts bleeding and, <laughs> and I didn't want to delay anymore cause we were like running out of time. So yeah. I, I like was sitting there leading us through this workshop, pinching my nose. <laughs> I think that I remember correctly, there was a tissue hanging out of your nose, like wrapped up in there. <laughs> yeah. Tissue. I mean, I was like, it was so much like. Okay. Um, how are we going to, how are we going to get through this? Eventually I excuse myself, just go take care of it. But, yeah. uh, it was, it's just funny. <laughs> it's a funny, imagine like, you know, someone that's like leading a, a meeting <laughs> with other lead, the client's leadership and just sitting there like <laughs> nursing a bloody nose and also being like, okay, so tell me the pillars of this story. <laughs> It was very funny. And, but honestly, like, because we know each other, we've done work, you know, together previously. Um, I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, whatever. We're friends. But there are other people around this table that you did not know. And they did not know you. And so that is what gets me. Like, it's so funny to me that, you know, nobody said anything. It was completely fine. But, um, yeah. and you were seamless. You, you like pulled off the whole launch, you know, meeting and it was great but yeah it was yeah funny. we we did it we <laughs> we got there quick break here to tell you another story uh, if you're a higher ed marketer with a stake in enrollment numbers and maybe right now you're thinking oh the enrollment cliff enrollments down or it stayed the same what do we do differently then this story is for you. Walsh College is a really cool business school here in the Detroit area, and I sat down with their marketing director, Jay Kruger. You may remember him from episode eight of the podcast. I sat down with him to learn more about how Walsh was able to increase their enrollment by over 40% for the summer semester uh, with no sign of slowing down. And they did it all by not hiring Unveiled for an annual storytelling subscription. But I'll let Jay tell you about why he turned us down for the subscription. But this is a happy story though, so let's spice it up. Uh, we'll drop a, dropping a beat in three, two, one. There it is. All right, we've set the tone. Here's Jay. When we look at the news and everybody is reporting these downward trends in enrollment, we are very much the opposite. We're already up over 40% and we're already looking at some historic numbers that haven't been seen. So in early 22, we had a big leadership change across almost all departments. I mean, the entire feel of the college changed at the same time. Because of the leadership changes that took place around the building, the direction of the college started to become more clear. Once we had that real clarity of who we are as Walsh College, the content creation of everything else became much easier to do. And the commercial ended up being the exciting piece that we could tie everybody into in all departments and get everybody excited about what was to come. But what would the story be without a little conflict, right? Um, if you have a small marketing team, I think you'll be able to relate to what Jay's about to say here. So we did a commercial in 2018, and then we didn't do one again until 2022. And in that time, we had exhausted every asset from all of it. We were really using a lot of stock image, a lot of things that were just very non-authentic. So the engagement on everything was low. The numbers in our enrollment was going right down with it. When John and I first talked, he was talking about this subscription base that he had, which I thought was really cool. It's a really unique idea to be able to make sure you have content ongoing. I knew it wasn't in the budget for us, so we decided to do a one-off. So what we did was we tacked on uh, one commercial and two student uh, slash alumni interviews. When we took the B-roll from 
all sides. So we took the B-roll from the commercial day, we took the B-roll from the student day. I've now gotten a year's worth of content. And, and really it's gonna stretch even further because I still have stuff I haven't even used and I've been making commercials regularly. On top of the, the commercial and the student videos, I was actually able to make multiple other commercials. So I started off that I took the script from that plus the video, kind of morphed it around a little bit and I made a 60, a 30, and a 15 second audio commercial. They kind of told the same story that we were trying to do. That went into a podcasting advertising. We did that for about six months. I then took the video and turned it into another um, 60, 30, and 15 second commercial just using the B-roll and a new script. So it didn't take much in the way of manipulation of that video to add on another commercial and another and another and another. Because the material is still there, I still have, to, even to this day, I'm six commercials deep with that same stuff and I still have material in the B-roll uh, that I still haven't used. So what the important part of this was is to take everything that we had and say, how do we, within our budget, expand this to cover the next three to five years? And we were able to do it fairly easily because of the amount of things that we were able to do inside of a two-day shoot. So over the last year, uh, we've gone up in enrollment. We have, our enrollment numbers are, are in numbers that we haven't seen in over a decade. We have, we have an increase in all levels. We have a higher interest. We're adding new programs. We just added seven more undergraduate degrees. We're seeing an increased traffic flow into the website. We're seeing alumni coming back and thanking us for the directions that we're going. I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the efforts that we're doing and a lot of the things that are taking place. But none of that happens without the excitement that comes from getting the name out there and getting people to understand that Walsh is changing. And we're changing into a direction that's exciting for not only our future students, but our existing students and our alumni as well. Jay Kruger, ladies and gentlemen. Great team they have over there at Walsh. Uh, Tara Weiner also on the team. Uh, and if you heard the episode with uh, Bart Kaler, then you will have heard her voice uh, talking about how she reuses video content as still images, which I thought is just a cool thing that people don't really think about very often. So anyway, that's all I wanted to tell you. Just uh, cool news from Walsh College. All right, back to the episode. Um, yep. So yeah, we we uh, we did the workshop, and what that resulted in was was a like a blueprint of basically like a pitch deck of like here's how we think we should approach this, um, and it actually was the reason why I watched um, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" the Mister Rogers yes. film, and I was like, I think I posted it on social uh, uh, on LinkedIn or something, where I'm like, because I was like off on my own, like. Uh, you know, working from home with my own business. And I was just like sitting by the fire. Uh, you know, we have a little wood, wood burning, burning stove in our house. And I'm like, I can't believe I get to watch Mr. Rogers uh, movie for two hours and call this work. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I watched, I watched that film. Um, and then we, we just kind of like parlayed that into just like, let's draw some inspiration from another notable figure who has had an incredible impact and especially a faith-based impact on, uh, young people. So, um, anyway, we did the blueprint, uh, and then that was where I dropped off. And then the next thing I saw was, uh, I know you guys were, you're, were, were filming it and stuff. So tell, tell, um, tell us about like, what, tell us about filming it. What were some challenges? What were some things that went right? What were some things that were hard to coordinate? Cause I know that part of our listeners um, are the people that coordinate the video team. And I know I hear from a lot of you listeners that like, that's the worst part about, <laughs> uh, that's the worst part about managing video projects is having to coordinate things. And you guys had a lot of interviews in this, yes. in this film. And I, <laughs> I imagine a ton of coordinating and a lot of B-roll scenes. Tell us, so just tell us about that. I have never made a documentary before. We've made some short, you know, student testimonial stories, videos like that. I'm a fundraiser. I'm not a marketer. But thankfully, we had great partners. You know, Tell Studios, you mentioned already, those are two of our alums that we're so proud of, um, Ryan Coral and Grant McClure. And we were blessed to work with them and you during that, you know, during the initial stages. But really, um, 
you know, having them was such a help because we were a small team. We're not, we're not a big shop. We don't have a video team on campus. We, you know, our Marcom team is two people. My development team is, we're now up to four, which is really exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, you know, from the beginning, the sit down, I think that was great where we thought about all these ideas and how we can utilize this film. And, um, but then you have to whittle down, okay, who are you going to interview? Because we, we did interview a lot of people, but we still had this massive list of people that we wanted to include. So then crafting those questions for each person, you know, just kind of talking through how we did this. Um, and then that scheduling starts, right? So we were all, you know, super excited for this, but at the end of the day, this was kind of like a extra bonus project for us. This wasn't our daily work that we were doing. Um, you know, I still had money that needed to be raised and we needed to figure out scheduling and all these moving parts with interviews across the nation, really, you know, and then our major talent, Garth, is snowboarding in Florida half the year, too. So, like, we're figuring out all of these logistics and then really in the home stretch when you think you're like done um there's so many little things to make the project come to fruition of you know i i didn't have to do this but music and graphics and all of the like logistics you know the releases that need to be signed by our talent and you know all the little things that you think you don't think of when you do a project of this size especially when this isn't your full-time job or you know something that you've ever done before <laughs> so um i think like you get this high at the end of oh we're in the home stretch then you have all these little things that almost take more time than recording and filming. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we spent countless hours in revisions. I've probably watched this film 200 times of, yeah. I can quote every line that you don't, you just don't think about of, you know, working in this kind of project. But then the video project is done. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit about how we rolled this out, but you really have to plan out a rollout plan. Um, and be open to changing that plan and strategically thinking, okay, how are we going to utilize this film or this video? Because we don't want to sit it on a shelf after spending that money, using our donor funds to do that, using the time that we had to do it. Um, and so you think about all those strategic partnerships that you want to also facilitate um, so that your work is seen and it's not just like, great, we did this project, we're done. Um, you know, so I think all of those challenges where, again, like, that's not your main focus. That wasn't my main focus as a director of development. But those created strategic opportunities um, and still is creating st strategic opportunities for us to leverage this film into more than just a documentary. Uh, so it's allowed us to meet people and talk to people and open up partnerships that we didn't know we could have. Um, and it's been great. It's just you, all those little things kind of pile up. Uh, so that's the biggest challenge. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I think it's cool because, you know, uh, for people listening that um, I am almost positive, you probably have someone or multiple people uh figures at your institution who maybe not have like a dramatic story like like garth's like the most winningest basketball coach in college michigan college whatever uh but ha have made a big impact on uh on students lives and i think you don't have to take it to this level of production um but I just thought this was this was interesting uh, a way of capitalizing on one of those stories because you could have just done a little video. It's like, you know, here's Garth. Here's some, you know, he did this. Uh, rah rah, are you, you know, and 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 called it good. But but to have a story that everyone talks about at your school, like it, this is like everybody knows Garth, you know, and everyone knows the Garth story that comes through our used doors. Um, and to, to take that and say, we're, we're going to invest some real money into this because um, it wasn't cheap, right? No, I mean, we would have never done this without a donor. 
we, you know, we talked about video for a long time and we really weren't in the video land until about five years ago when we were making our name change from Rochester College to Rochester University. You know, we've dabbled here and there over the past 60 plus years, <laughs> but um, until we did our name change, we really didn't have video assets. We didn't have anything. We didn't have B-roll footage. We didn't have, um, you know, these stories in a video format, but then, you know, COVID hit and um, we transitioned one of our major fundraising events to a live stream virtual event and where we used to have a student get up and talk to people in front of this dinner. We made that some, we did some pre-recording short videos um, and those went over really well and we got great feedback from that. And honestly, we were able to use that in so many different ways, you know, social, email, website. We use the B-roll for that for other things around the institution, but we've never done a project of this scope. And it's opened up this whole new world for us of what's possible from a video standpoint, but what's possible from a partnership standpoint, a donor perspective, um, because we wouldn't have had the funding. We would have never done this project without donor funding. Uh, and I'm so glad that we did. And, you know, now we can think creatively in other ways that we can engage our community, really. Um, and I think, you know, you talked about Gar's story and how everybody has a story, you know, in terms of higher education, you're, there's always going to be that special professor or a student with, you know, a really compelling story or, you know, your if your institution is really invested in community, then you want to be able to share that. But sometimes, you know, your first step in doing all of that is not to think video. First, sometimes that first step has to be getting people to tell you those stories. You know, like Garth's story has been shared for 40 plus years, but when we're thinking about other video, you know, a lot of times we're trying to go find that. Um, you had a podcast, you had somebody on, and I'm not gonna remember their name, but they talked about the um, creating the guide, like the- um, Seth, Seth O'Dell no. uh, from Canahoma. Yes, 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 yes. And I was like, we can, we can do that. We can do that internally on a smaller scale, but I think the hardest part is finding those stories and reaching out and, um, you know, so that then you can market them and you can communicate those. And you're not just touting your stats or what your university offers, but I think storytelling is really a game changer um, in sharing mission and getting people invested they're invested in your cause whether that be financially or through volunteerism or making a referral or coming to your institution um, and that's not just for higher ed that's for any business um, and so this really has opened our eyes to all the possibilities and kind of given us the shot in the arm that we needed you know for me as a fundraiser you know a lot of times I'm so focused on the dollars or metrics or, okay, we got to, as a small school, we need to hit our annual fund numbers so that we can provide, you know, millions of dollars in scholarships, which is all worthy causes. But if we can tell a story that's actually impactful, that's way more important and way more beneficial for us as an institution, personally, professionally. Um, yeah, it's, it's way better. <laughs> I imagine, and I imagine too, like on a return on investment scale, um, this might be one of those things where it's very qu uh, qualitative or whatever, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, may maybe you're, maybe you're seeing dollars come in, uh, but maybe can't necessarily track that to, to this film. Um, but the sentiment in the community and like what this film means to the school to have this story told and documented um, and as a tool for uh, outreach is is a huge return on investment. I mean, I just think like, you know, we we always talk about like people people talk about measuring, uh, you know, results and data and stuff like that. But also it's like, what's the ROI of a hammer? 
you know, like you can't, you can't really measure that, but it's such a useful tool that you couldn't, that you might not be able to do your job without, um, you know? And so I, I think, I think that's one way to think about video is just what's the value of having an incredibly useful tool, uh, that, that, and what's the value of, of your confidence level and your team's confidence level in that tool, um, uh, as you're approaching big, big name donors, um, just feeling like, feeling like, yes, this is, this, this is, this is accurately told. And I think this is the right kind of messaging. And, you know, it's, so it's, but it, it but in, the, in that, in that sense, ha, have you, like, are you guys measuring anything? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just a measure by nature. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm, going to measure, okay, we've done some of these events. What is the actual cost for the event? There's, we've put some sponsorships around, um, especially these bigger showings at movie theaters and our regional events that we've done. You know, we did one in Nashville and we have some great sponsors that have come out to help us um, cover the costs because there are costs associated with having events, um, whether they be big or small um, and using in-kind gifts to you know, do that as well. But we're always measuring, okay, this is how much, you know, we, we kind of spent to do the film. Majority of it was donor covered, but as we are rolling it out, there's actual real costs that we've been able to, um, I guess, squash with sponsorship dollars and creating those partnerships and using this tool to like get people excited, engaged and, um, learn more about us and then we're you know this event that we're rolling out kind of our second movie theater showing we're gonna put we have some match gifts for that for around our capital campaign and so we are always tracking kind of the return on investment but there is this unmeasurable um you know magic that you kind of have to just say okay we're leaning into this and we're trusting the process when it comes to having this video and showing it and what that means for us as an institution, because it can't always be about dollars. It has to be about sharing the story and, um, you know, really putting this video together has been a reminder of those, the power in relationships for us and the power in everybody has a story um, and sharing that and how we can all collaborate together for a greater good um, that's beyond us or Garth or even the institution. So yes yeah. and no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, what I think it's, is, uh, yeah, I want to encourage listeners with too, is it doesn't have to be a big story um, because I think in storytelling, we think we, it's, it's helpful to think about specific moments um, and so maybe you have a professor that's great, you know, and, and, um, but you know, they're not the most, they're not the winningest, whatever one, you know, one bazillion awards, uh, that kind of story, but maybe they had this quiet moment with a, with a student where they really helped that student get a job or, uh, meet that student in a, in a, in a trying time in life, uh, in, in a, with the right words at the right time. I mean, those are stories too. So, um, and you can't know those without building a story pipeline of some sort. Like you, you have to, I mean, part, like so much of the work of storytelling is actually coming up with a system, um, where you are constantly on the lookout for stories. And, and I don't think enough schools, um, do that. Like it's, it's, I think about it in terms of like, you know, I'm a painter and I, I saw this video one time where the guy, the guy was like in his studio and he's like, he's like, some days I just come to my studio and I just sweep the floors. He's like, cause that's making art. Like sometimes making art is just sweeping the floors, you know, and like cleaning up the area or whatever. And so I think like some, like a lot of times storytelling is just building systems uh, and and going out into the community and talking to people, it's not always like the the hands-on part of like actually recording the story or writing the story and asking the questions and stuff like that. So I always am like shouting from the rooftops, y'all need to get a story pipeline of some sort. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I think we've learned that, you know, we've really learned that over the past few years of, okay, we're going to, we want to tell more stories. 
um, not just through video. We're telling these, we're doing these warrior spotlights or what we are, we're calling them, they're written, um, that we're using on our website and in social. But to do that, honestly, it's the best part of my job when I get to go talk to someone and I get to sit down face to face with someone or go to a student event and just witness what's happening. Um, and it really gets you outside of your day to day. And it's, much more impactful and strategic and but having those systems in place and then having those systems in place for other people to share their story um and we don't have this down to a science by any means <laughs> um we're still trying to figure it out ourselves but you know using those faculty that are in the classroom to share the stories using students using alums to be able to say here's a platform please share with us whatever it might be you know you had a baby, great, let's celebrate that. You got a new job, wonderful. Um, we wanna we wanna showcase that. Uh, so, you know, whatever it might be, big or small, I think sharing those stories are important and having that pipeline set up um, is something that will have lasting effects for years. Yeah. And I think and and I think a lot of schools that I've witnessed kind of approach finding stories as like a one-time event, like here, we're going to do this, this video. Now it's time to go find stories. And what happens is they ask department heads and they ask professors and stuff. And those, those people don't know what you need, what they're going to, what they're going to assume is that you, you want someone that's going to say nice things about the school, which is true, but you, but you I had a um, Lauren Keen. She was on. The, she was the just. I released that episode um, yesterday, and uh, but she had a, a a great thing to say about having like an internal road show. She called it like marketing communications has to go on the road, get out, of, get out of the office, talk to professors, talk to department heads, um, talk to mentor, mentee, mentors or mentee, whatever. Uh, people that that are in the mix with students and and talk about what what is it that you're actually trying to do and what makes a good story what to be on the lookout for um, and why why you need that how you're using it how it's going to impact people um, and so that's that's that I think that's I think that's really key the other thing that um, I wanted to touch on too was um, you know as I've seen you know because I've uh, I've been part in some way of uh, Rochester University videos for uh, a few years and I've seen like the the b-roll library that you guys have built which is pretty extensive and um, and I, I wouldn't say that you guys have had like a massive um, in you know investment in lots of quantities of videos like we haven't done like 20 stories no. but even just like a, we've done a handful of them over the years and just from those plus this coach documentary I mean I got um you know, I'm about to work with you guys on another project. And I had Grant McClure, who was the director and the editor of, of coach. Uh, I've got, I paid him to, to uh, round up the whole B-roll library for me. I'm still waiting on this hard drive grant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a copy of that too. So I'm glad <laughs> paid him to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's terabytes of, of, of footage oh. and that's why it's taking him so long. It's cause there's so much, <laughs> there's so much footage uh, in different places, uh, for, for, for you guys. Um, but that is a huge value of investing even a small amount in video. You have to think about it, not as just what's the one video that I'm going to get, but what, how, how are we going to, what's the potential of repurposing this, assuming you're working with a production company that's going to give you the footage. Right. Yes. So. That's important because we are still learning, you know, there's all this B-roll footage out there. I don't claim to be an expert in that because I think there's so much that is untapped in what we've done and what we can do. You know, like you said, we're going to work on this next project to tell kind of our institutional story um, with a limited budget. And we can do that because we have this B-roll footage. Um, I don't think that probably would have been possible without that. <laughs> Some yeah. way it would be, but like really this project started as a bigger project and it's going to, it's kind of like whittled its way down because of finances. And um, we're able to do that because we've invested in video in other ways. Yeah, that's you know, a great I point. I didn't think about it that way. Um, that that like, you know, we started out with a, a larger budget and a larger vision because for this, what you, what you guys are calling an institutional saga, kind of like your whole yeah. 
you know, history and, and, and brand story and things like that. Um, and then there was, there was some pivoting with the budget and the, the budget got whittled way down and literally like I had to send you guys a proposal and I was like, the only way we can do this is to, yeah. <laughs> is to rely almost entirely on your B-roll library because yes. we, we won't have the budget to like go film a bunch of new B-roll. Um, no. so that, that allowed you guys to what will be, um, you know, a really cool piece that, um, that otherwise probably would have just been canned, you know, a hundred percent. It would have like died on the vine and it would have been a lost opportunity for us. You know, I think we're still going to make this something great. We're going to make it into a project that we can be really proud of. And it's something that we didn't plan for, but it's working out, um, you know, like this little blessing of having this B-roll uh, that I think it'll be great for us long term. And it's so untapped. Like, that's like the thing that I keep coming back to is that we have all this footage that we haven't even started to utilize. Um, and so from Coach, from all these other videos that we haven't invested a lot, we've invested, you know, a couple hundred, not, not even a hundred thousand dollars probably in video. And some people mm -hmm. that's like their a small portion of their video budget for the, right. the year. Um, <laughs> we're talking like over five years here. So yeah. <laughs> it's a small investment, but it's so worth it um, to tell the story. That's great. I love it. Um, okay. This was great. Uh, super great having you on. So where can people connect with you at if they have questions uh, about coach or your job, whatever? Yeah, so uh, you can always check out our website, which is rochesteru.edu. Uh, specifically for coach, it's rochesteru.edu slash coach, or you can email me, find all my contact information there, uh, jporter1 at rochesteru.edu. I don't know if you want me to do that. Is like, there a jporter2? <laughs> uh, no, but there is a jporter. Wow. Uh, yeah, so there was a jporter. Um some people, it's so funny, we just add numbers, you know, like yeah. some people have four, some people have seven at the end of their name, at the end of their email. So jporter1 at rochesteru.edu or, um, you know, honestly, a quick Google search, you'll find all my contact information. All right, cool. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up on the podcast. We got a few episodes that are pretty cool. So uh, number one, and I don't know what order these are in. Sometimes I just kind of follow my heart, you know. Um, but we've got three in the can. Uh, one is with Andrew Castle uh, from Middlebury College. He's come back on the on the on the podcast to talk about Mastodon, uh, Web three, the Fediverse, the Metaverse, all the verses, um, and it's just a cool uh, sort of new it's a cool thing to wrap your head around uh if you can kind of understand mastodon and how that works and how it could how it could benefit uh your institution uh, also we've got darren rubinick uh from university of central missouri and we're talking about all these social media platforms that are that are running about here um the, the overwhelm that comes with uh, trying to figure out what to focus on which ones uh, which ones you should be on which ones you can ignore so we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that kind of stuff uh, and then we've got uh, andy fuller who is the executive director of branded content at University of Notre Dame. We are talking with him about narrative ownership, uh, owning the stories that exist within your institution's history or current times, um, owning them and telling those stories before other people tell them. So yeah, it was, it was a fun conversation with Andy. Um, and then let's see, three things I wanna give you before you go. Number one, um, if you are interested in our subscriptions, um, you can download our pricing guide at pricing.unveiled.tv. Um, if you're interested in a one-off or working with me on video of uh, video content of some sort, reach out to me through our website or reach out to me through LinkedIn, whatever's easiest for you. Number two, sign up for my weekly newsletter for insights on creating deeper emotional impact with your institution's storytelling and content creation efforts. And number three, leave a review for this podcast. It helps me out a ton. Thanks a lot. My name is John Azoni. Go connect with me on LinkedIn. And in the meantime, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks.